0: So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guest today, when he was in high school, a Broadway actor came to a small town to work with the local theater. That same Broadway actor did an interview for the local newspaper, and in it says, this kid is pretty great and could have a professional life in the theater. Welcome Brian Darcy James. A-OK! Hey, everyone. My guest today is the unbelievably talented actor Brian Darcy James. His list of illustrious theater credits include 13 Broadway shows. They include Hamilton, Something Rotten, Macbeth, Time Stand Still, Next to Normal, Shrek the Musical, The Apple Tree, The Lieutenant of Inishmore, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Sweet Smell of Success, Titanic, Carousel, and Blood Brothers. Some of his films are All These Small Moments, Civil, Felt, Ghost Town, Friends with Kids, Admission, and the Academy Award-winning film Spotlight. Some of his many TV credits include 13 Reasons Why, Mozart in the Jungle, Law & Order SVU, Smash, The Good Wife, and The Big C. He has a Christmas album. (laughs) He's on over 7,000 Broadway cast albums. (laughs) He's been nominated or won every possible award a Broadway star can be nominated or awarded. And I am so thrilled to welcome Brian Darcy James to the podcast. Hi, Alana. This is an incredible thrill because it is rare for me to be able to say that I have seen every single Broadway show that my guest has been in. Wow. It's extraordinary. I was looking at your list, and I thought, wow, I've had a lot of time on my hands.
1: (laughs) Or you (laughs) just just love theater, which you do. I
0: love theater so much. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's also kind of a rare treat. Obviously, predominantly, you have done musicals, but I also saw time standstills. I mean, you're very fluid in comedy and drama, and you can get cast in all sorts of things, which must be a really nice thing to have accomplished at this point. I try
1: to. I try to. I, there's, a, there's one kind of bridge that I, I, I can point to that I think was instrumental in me believing that that was more possible than I thought maybe imaginable, which was in 93. I was doing Carousel, and I auditioned for a production of uh, a play by Kenneth Branagh, at the Irish Arts Center called Public Enemy. I can't remember how I, I came across the knowledge of it. Maybe it was a backstage thing. Um, Maybe
0: you were stalking Kenneth Branagh.
1: <laughs> Maybe. That could be Maybe happening I too. Maybe I Yes. Um, That's
0: another story.
1: <laughs> yes. But Laura who who is the casting director, was instrumental in... In having me come in at some point or another and I never forgot what she said she was very generous about her. well and maybe just a good casting director in the sense that she said I never exclude people who do musicals because they innately understand the rhythm and the the the, uh, the well the rhythm of a, of a play as 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 well as music and so literally exactly yeah so so she gave me a chance to audition for this play and it was my first real play in New York City, which was important to me. I wanted to do that. And so I left Carousel a little early, and uh, I think a lot of people thought I was a little insane, you know, because Broadway is definitely a destination, and I feel extraordinarily lucky to have done one Broadway show. Uh,
0: but you've done 1,000 <laughs> 1, Broadway 000, shows. So. A
1: baker's dozen, I think they call it. <laughs>
0: Definitely. <laughs> Which is or such you, a weird expression. I know. I know. You'll like order your bagels. I'll be like a dozen bagels and then I'll get home. And they were like, that is so, I'm like, honey, they gave me an extra one. And Dominic's like, no, it's not that they like you more yeah. than everybody else. That's it's just, the just the rule of the bakery program. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what is, what is 11? I wonder. It's like, uh, there's gotta be a term for that. Loser, <laughs> <A> losers dozen. <laughs> a um, dozen, I'm sure. But anyway, I go back to Laura Richin, who who actually was was um, really helpful in kind of not excluding a musical guy, quote unquote, for for having the, the chance or the uh, the opportunity to audition for a play and maybe do a play.
0: That's amazing. Well, and now you got a chance publicly to thank her. Yeah. So yeah. our work is done here. Yep.
1: Good night, everybody.
0: Thank you so much, Brian. This was amazing. <laughs> So you're from Michigan. Right. Did you grow up in a musical household?
1: Yes and no. I, I I'd say yes in the sense that no more musical than anyone who has parents that might put an album on mm-hmm. or two. I mean, my my mom was a big pop fan, so she would listen to Stevie Wonder, and uh, I remember listening to uh, Sergio Mendez, and you know, uh, um, up up and away in my uh, fifth dimension. Beautiful yeah. Beautiful. So those are the albums yeah. that were playing. Uh, Burt Bacharach was That's, was
0: that song doesn't get sung enough.
1: Up up and away. Yeah. Uh, my beautiful balloon. Yeah. Let's bring it back.
0: Let's do. <laughs> 54 below.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to sing this song for the next 20 minutes on your podcast. <laughs> and it's called
0: Up, Up, and Away. <laughs> We've got Robbie, do you know Robbie Rizal? Yeah. yeah. I see the graphic. It's all <laughs> yes. happening. He's gonna, it's going to be amazing. This is a
1: terrible idea.
0: This is a terrible <laughs> idea, except to us. All right. Anyway.
1: So my dad was a big jazz guy. On his turntable was, uh, or his collection was, you know, Manhattan Transfer and Errol Garner and, uh, you know, just uh, some of the, the more uh, swinging cats of the, of the 40s and the 50s um buddy greco is, is another one that comes to mind so anyway that was the music that i was listening to and i always enjoyed singing and my older sister Anne, we are two years apart and then there's a five-year gap between my younger brother and my younger sister so Anne and i were kind of you know in the same one set yeah in the pod together and uh and she was always very musical and um it wasn't really until she got into high school where she discovered the love of theater and started doing musicals and has this beautiful voice and was using it. And um, it was interesting for me to witness that, you know, having the transition from singing in our living room, living room yeah. to, the, to the radio or to the, to the uh, stereo to watching her perform and uh that was extraordinary for a couple of reasons a to to see my sister do that and then also just, just have the ability to to have a school that as most schools do have uh chances for people to do musicals and plays and you know get. were them. you
0: sporty spice before that like i, I kind of was that. actually yeah.
1: i really was i was spending all my time in the side yard playing football baseball i mean i played a lot of sports i was i was um i, I love sports and um and so you know, somewhere around my ninth or tenth grade, everyone started growing, and I, and I did not. I was pretty small, and so I started to reconsider. You know what it meant to be on the football team after a, a couple of hard hits. You know, and and uh, thinking, well, this might not be very, <laughs> very wise.
0: Is that a painful <clears throat> thing for someone at fifteen or sixteen to not be growing? How well, I was aware. That?
1: I was aware. I was aware of it. And, but mostly on the sports field. It didn't really affect me in not terms of... Not a problem
0: of, with the ladies.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think there was any, any there radar were no ladies. of that. Yeah, no ladies. Um, <laughs> so
0: not a problem. Not
1: a problem, exactly. exactly. You are correct in saying that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> it's an interesting question. I, I do remember being aware of it. And I was never afraid of, of you know playing football or getting, getting you know uh, uh, tagged or whatever on, on the field. But it was, I think, it was a confluence of events of what was happening just with me as a, as you know, a kind of a squirt. And then finding out, like in eighth grade, that I, I could sing and singing in public. And the the identity, if you will, that I was able to kind of hold on to, or or start to explore, of what that did for my confidence, my the exploration of what music meant to me. We went to a lot of community plays um, and musicals. We went to. I grew up in Mid Michigan, so uh, we we would drive down to Detroit to the Fisher Theater and see, you know, touring productions of uh, Annie was a big one for me. I remember. weren't you in Annie? We, were you, were you, you know, and they Annie? say
0: in improv to always say yes and yes and.
1: I, no, you weren't. No, I, I, for some reason, you I you know, thought,
0: I, I was in Charlie, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. I know that, which also is no. Is I know, no. I children. thought, I thought
1: maybe as a <laughs> child you were in an Annie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as a child, I listened to Annie. Yeah. And I loved it, but no. When <clears> we <throat> actually edit this episode and put it out in the world, when you say, "Were you an Annie?" I'm going to be like, "Yeah, I was." I and was Annie, the, and it's the listeners' problem if they can't find on IBDB, where. Right. That's on them. Right, Brian. Right. So ask me again if I was an Annie. So
1: you were an Annie, right?
0: Yes, it was amazing. You Are were you kidding? wonderful. I it's, saw you in
1: Detroit, <laughs> the Fox. Yes.
0: Is that the Fox in Detroit? Uh,
1: there is. I think there's the Fox. At that, at my time, it was the Fisher Theater.
0: Well, I'm a lot younger than you, Brian. So when I did it, it was the Fox. Yeah.
1: Actually, I think I saw you as Pepper.
0: I started as Pepper, and then I went on to be Annie. And right. then, I don't know if you're aware what happened, but I got a huge contract with Disney no, as I'm, a kid. I remember this. And then Andrea McArdle, at the last minute, she had been my understudy. Right. And then they had her go on, and it's one of those kind of like crazy, the way Sutton Foster took over for Kristen and Millie. Sure, sure. And look what happened. Right. So, um, yeah, so, so like Sutton, Andrea is, is going to be on Younger.
1: <laughs> wow. You figured the whole thing out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, I think our work here is done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you to that casting director. Was it Laura? Laura Richin. Yeah, yeah, she cast it. <laughs> She's oh. amazing. I owe her a great debt. Yeah. There are all of these kind of seminal moments mm-hmm. in our life that got us from the town we grew up in, Right. To Hamilton. Right. Just right. by the way, in case people weren't clear when I did his list of Broadway credits, one of them is Hamilton. And if you don't know what it is, look it up because it's good. It's pretty good.
1: I'd say it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah.
0: But you know what? That's me. And I'm not here to put my opinions out and like, this is, it's up to you. If you, I mean, I feel like you would agree that it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think it's all right.
0: It's all right. I mean, you've done a lot of stuff, so we'll get to that. It's no, the apple tree. Right.
1: <laughs> This is true.
0: <laughs> what was your aha moment that made you think you could do this professionally? Like maybe you got something special going on.
1: I was uh, a junior in high school and I was doing a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, I grew up in a town called Saginaw, Michigan, and 20 minutes away is a town called Midland, Michigan. And each town has their own uh, vibrant uh, community theater programs. And, um, you know, at that point I was really... Very interested in trying to kind of do everything I could to be on stage, and so it wouldn't—it wasn't unusual for kids from Saginaw to audition for the Midland plays, and Midland kids to audition for the Saginaw plays, and etc.
0: Cross pollinate.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a very—it's a—it's a—it's a relatively small community, uh, but a great community in that way. So anyway, I ended up doing this production of Joseph, and what was really interesting was it was directed by a guy named Dean Bottolato. Dean was... Is uh, a New York City resident. And uh, to his credit, he's a, a Broadway dancer and a choreographer. Choreographer, I'm in the business. I know how to say words.
0: Well, we've just figured it oh, out. Yeah, he, we? he's a choreographer. You're, it's all a lie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not Ryan right. James no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Get out.
1: Because uh, he would know it's
0: a choreographer.
1: <laughs> is that how you say it? Uh, I've been saying it so wrong. Anyway, oh, don't worry. Dean Bottolato, the choreographer. Uh, <laughs> you just literally spit out your coffee.
0: I am so sorry. That's the first time that's happened. I'm really sorry, I, Brian. I'm sorry I had to see that. Uh, no, I, I don't care. I mean, I pride myself on my spit takes, but usually it's like it, it's because I've crafted the moment. But that's... that was an
1: actual, an actual. It wasn't even a spit take because a spit take is conscious. You just. Abruptly la- spit out your coffee.
0: I laughed so hard because it was going to come out of my nose, and I was like, "That would be horrible." Sorry, that's oh. how. So, do you do a lot of comedy? Because you should.
1: I should now. I'm, so I'm putting it my resume. Um.
0: By the way, it takes a lot for me to do that, so you should just know. I'm very proud. You should be really I'm proud, very proud, and of- I hope that will that image will not be branded on your forehead. (laughs) We're talking about Dean.
1: Dean Bottolato. Yes. He, um, he was in, uh, the production of Pirates of Penzance in, in, in the park with Rex Smith and Linda Ronstadt. And he was in it. And, um,
0: maybe I didn't see it.
1: Okay. I think you did anyway. So he had an association with this theater company, uh, in, in Midland, which was fantastic. It was very well funded and had a lot of, um, a lot of support. And, um, so they brought in this Broadway guy. And that was really interesting, you know, and... Um,
0: well, to work with the real deal, right? Well, exactly. I mean, community theaters filled with incredible people. Right. Often, but to actually have, like, a New York Broadway person yeah. come must have been Very, very uncommon. Exciting. Very yeah. exciting.
1: And just, he had that, the magic dust on him, so... All of which to say is you that you slept with him. Uh, <laughs> if I had if I had milk in my mouth, if it would I, be all over the table if right now. I had a
0: little magic dust for every time <laughs> Dean and I.
1: No, yes, he's that's a, not what happened. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> so, the the moment that was my Dean moment. Was that he was interviewed in the Saginaw News, just as a matter of course, about the upcoming production, and um, he said in the paper, he said, "Yes, we've got this kid named Brian James who's playing Joseph, and uh, he's pretty great. And I think if he wanted to, he could probably have a professional career in the in the theater."
0: Holy and I remember
1: yeah. reading that in the paper, yeah, in the in the Saginaw News, and just it stopped me. It really stopped me because what a nice thing to say, and what a nice thing to say publicly. Um, and it really, it really had uh, an enormous, enormous effect on me. It just gave me one more, like one more cleat in my shoe to to kind of look at the mountain and say, okay, I've got the proper equipment to do this. You know, I to just kind had
0: of... this image of you getting off the bus when you came to New York with that like one piece of paper. Yeah, I'm like,
1: Saginaw news. hey, yeah,
0: Mr. Zigfield,
1: <laughs> check this out. Dean <laughs> Bottolato says I'm a star.
0: <laughs> says he could be on Broadway. <laughs> yeah. This is Broadway. Famous choreographer right?
1: <laughs> Batalotto. Chimes in on James.
0: anyway but uh, (laughs) but kind of right like if you think about what you put in your suitcase of confidence and you then like okay i'm gonna go to college and i'm gonna study this that's right
1: so that that was a significant moment for me in my early days but you know truly there there are there are moments like that you can isolate and you can just think about for a second and think wow if that person hadn't allowed me to do this or given me the chance to try and fail here i wouldn't be here
0: just to fast forward for a moment You did go to Northwestern? I did. Were you a theater... Arts major there.
1: I was, yeah. I I, I got a you get a, a bachelor of science. Interestingly, at uh, Northwestern, when you study theater, because
0: actors use a lot of science. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, you know, it's um I don't I think it's kind of just an arcane thing that they do for the school. Um, I, I don't know exactly why they designate it that way. I have no problems with with you know having a BS in theater.
0: It is a BS. <laughs>
1: in a way, it is. That's what you're <laughs> he, learning to do. And... It's a valuable um pursuit, and it's a valuable effort to spend your time uh In any institution studying the arts i've always contended that that you know an acting class is the best history sociology psychology class Agreed. you could take absolutely and uh you know, because it does force you to understand you know let alone the you know the 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 structure and the and the um what goes into writing a play. But the context, the implications, the uh, the character, all of that. So, yes. As
0: well as, for me, it still remains many of the people that I met at that time in my first theatrical community mm-hmm. helped me understand the idea of family, mm-hmm. kind of your theatrical family. When you graduated, what literally happened for you?
1: I moved to New York uh, April Fool's day of 1991 to be exact yeah and no I'll never forget it and, and
0: where did you like did you have a friend that you went I to I stayed live with, with? My,
1: my cousin Matt and uh, on the Upper East side and uh, crashed with him a couple of days and uh, and then moved in with a, a buddy of mine from Northwestern and uh, you know I was just crashing on people's couches until I could you know find a place to stay backstage you know you get your backstage it and it you, was
0: you, a newspaper that's
1: right yeah, yeah. You, you you circle the auditions that you think you're right for and you go stand in line at an open call
0: when did blood brothers <clears throat> happen
1: this is an interesting story so blood brothers my sister who i mentioned earlier was was very aware of all the things that were happening in the world theatrically and she spent uh, a, a semester abroad uh, she went to boston college and then i think she saw a production of blood brothers while in she london. took a trip to london in 1988 something like that yeah and um, she loved the score, and she said, "Oh, Brian, I think you really like the score. I'm a, I'm a pop music fan. That's kind of my filter. Is I that's what I like the most. Anyway, so I was aware of that score quite early on. I'd never seen it, but um, there was the production that was happening. That ultimately came to the Broadway show was in Toronto, and um, I had a dear friend named Sam Samuel Samuelson, who is now an agent in Chicago, uh, who was in that production. And we had moved to New York at the same time, and he had to leave to go to Toronto with this possible Broadway show, which was really exciting. You know, it was one of your friends, like, all right.
0: Yeah, it's happening. Exactly. I'm getting close. Exactly. Because I know someone who That's knows right. someone. That's totally. right. Totally. Everything's possible.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then it got interesting because Sam called me and said, um, you know, we're coming to Broadway, and you should know that one of the guys who's in this, in this production um, is going to be leaving to do, uh, his name, a great actor named Philip Lale, who was in that production, who went to go do a play called The Kentucky Cycle, yeah, I which I think play. he'd been a part of yeah. before and was just going to see it out, um, his, his association with it. And so there was a slot opening. And so Sam uh, let me know. And I auditioned for this show. And I got it. And so, so what was really cool is that I got it right before the... uh Rent was due. <laughs> yes, the rent was due, <laughs> so I knew I could I could survive another week. But I remember I was going to go in the week after the Tony Awards. And so I was watching the Tony Awards, watching the show, thinking,
0: oh my God,
1: I'm going to be in that show.
0: You know, you mentioned this guy was leaving Blood Brothers to finish out something he'd already been a part of, the Kentucky Cycle, and then that allowed an opportunity for you, which reminds me a little bit of a a more modern version of that story, which was my friend Brian Darcy James was in a production of Hamilton at the Public Theater, a show he had been a part of called Something Rotten, had an opportunity Mm -hmm. uh, for him to go forward with it. You had been a part of something rotten before you came on to Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you left giving uh, a kid named Jonathan Groff an opportunity. <laughs> so you're the Sam in the story. Right. Uh, and and uh, and and then this thing, both these things, it's kind of an extraordinary thing because had you joined something and it was kind of like wah-wah, right? It would have been a, a bigger bummer. Right. But... The thing you left to go do was kind of extraordinary, and Tony nominated worthy. So, can we talk a little bit about that chapter? Sure, Is sure. that something you're comfortable? Sure. Uh, no, I think it's a,
1: absolutely. It's a um, a great example of of sometimes the decisions you have to make as a professional, and one of the variables in that was was a, was a timetable issue of something rotten, uh, thinking that that was going to be a little further off in the distance, and basically I was.
0: Were you with Hamilton back at New York Stage and Film, like it, from I did the not beginning? Do,
1: I did. I did the first act reading, a workshop okay. in a room with about eight or nine actors with Lynn figuring out the first act.
0: Quite early on, like the very first.
1: Um, I, I don't know, to be honest, what the history is. Maybe there were iterations before that, but that was pretty early. Okay. Because um, it was just the first act, and they were trying to figure out what they were going to do and how they're going to do it. And then, did
0: you know Lynn or any of those people before I Hamilton? Met, I
1: had met Lynn socially. Um, you know, Lynn is such a—he's um, such an avid theater fan. First of all, he's a genius, but on top of that, he's just—he uh, just loves the theater. And right. so, I met him at a, uh, an event for the New York Musical Theater uh, Festival, and he was performing. Because in the heights was was brewing, and he was he was there it was honoring Kevin McCollum the producer and uh, so Lynn did like a like a freestyle thing and everyone was like what's going on what is this so I I I'd kind of met him a couple of times and um, so you know he he very um, nicely asked me to to come in and say could you could you sing this for this thing and tommy kale was uh, was instrumental in that as well the director and uh, so that was the beginning of my my association with the show.
0: And does and and the songs as we know them now for King George, Brian plays King George. Uh, are they were did that exist? Yes. Did, okay. That
1: was there when I when I, I in fact I was just going back in my um, I have you know just uh, recording of that rehearsal uh, because I, all these memories had come up by joining the company again. Um, And I just wanted to kind of go back to the beginning and see if there's something I could learn about the song or about, you know, just just figuring out, like, what this is. Go back to square one. um, Hear things that Alex Lacamoire, our our musical director and orchestrator, you know, if he had anything to say in those initial stages that might be helpful to me, unlock something.
0: Did he? Were there?
1: Um, Yeah, there were. Like, different things in phrasing and and, and also... uh, Yes to that, but also the way that Lynn sang it on the demo, you know, finding clues about maybe what what he was intending you know all those things i am really interested sure. in, in trying to the nooks and crannies of a song um so i I got you did the reading I did the I did the reading and then I think there was the Vasa reading after that that I couldn't do and then there was a another reading at the fifty second street project on the west side uh that was the first act staged and the second act um. Basically, a concert reading of it, and uh, that's that's when it became clear that this is extraordinary. Because not only did you have the words, but you had Andy Blankenbuehler's work all of a sudden popping up like like this crazy three D, you know, pop up book that you're 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 experiencing in a completely new way, albeit very bare bones. Yeah, um, <clears throat> which in a way is still part of the overall design of the show. Um, because if you look at it it the, the structure of it in terms of what you're seeing you know any kind of formation that you see uh, is is happening with this ensemble of actors you know by virtue of their incredible athleticism finesse all all of the things that bring Andy's choreography or choreography I
0: think it's choreography I think
1: so too uh, to life so uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be. Down I hope for that. you
0: present choreography at the Tonys this year. It will year. be my
1: destiny <laughs> <laughs> at the Tonys. Um, anyway, um, so so yeah, my association with the show, I just feel very lucky to have been a part of it, and um, to make it a long story uh, short, hopefully, the the something rotten experience was was brewing at the same time. I had done a reading of it. Um, and at that time there was going to be a production. I think that was going to go out of town, um, in Seattle. And, uh, that was, so that was something that was a possibility to down the road. Right. And after the reading, I knew this is a great opportunity and a great show and something that I loved. And, uh, it's just classic musical comedy. And, um, it's something I've done, but I hadn't had too much chance of really biting into. And, uh,
0: and such an original, unique, yeah. hilarious... Yeah, all original, nothing, yeah.
1: based on nothing, but, yeah. a, but a great, great idea. And um, so that was uh, something that I knew that I wanted to do. And then a theater opened up. They were announcing that they were going to go to Broadway much sooner than expected. And so Something I, rotten I we're had talking something about. Something rotten, exactly. Yeah. So I had a decision to make because I knew that the public theater's production was going to be uh, in conflict with, uh, with that.
0: Did you know that before you started at the public?
1: No. You I didn't be gone. I, I knew uh no, sorry, before the before the show started.
0: Before Hamilton started at the public, did you have any yes. dates for something wrong? Yes, I did. In so fact, you started at the public knowing that you would be leaving to I, do something. I had rotten. made
1: my decision um because I had to choose. Uh and How did I, you make the decision? Well, I knew that I knew that um well, first of all, I have to thank Oscar Eustace, you know, because he was producing the show, and Jeffrey Seller, who is now the the Broadway producer, but he was obviously very involved in the production. And so I basically, you know, wrestled with it and said, okay, I, I know there's two, there's two parts to this answer. Uh, the first is making the decision about what kind of work that I wanted to do and uh, weighing the opportunity and understanding, trying to understand, you know, Follow my gut, basically, in my heart. And my heart was saying, you know, I really want the opportunity to uh take this responsibility. It was a big role. It was a big, big thing. I like go, maybe going back to my sports days. Maybe I'm trying to fulfill some kind of thing that I didn't get a chance to be the quarterback. You know, yes. I, I like that. I like yes. I like having the ball. Yeah, and, and you you so had a lot. Well, I, I mean, it's, a lot
0: more stage time. Well, for it's, sure, it's
1: just it's um not necessarily about the time. It's just about about what it is that the, what the role was. The, the the function of the role and um so on top of it being really funny and really silly and great music all the things that were that, all
0: was christian were all of those people already yeah you had already workshop we it had together. done it before so yeah. we
1: knew we knew what it was and we knew kind of how we all felt buzzing doing it so that's the that's the very brief uh, kind of description of maybe what led me to make the decision about the 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 kind of work that I was going to do. And then of course there was the, the decision to say, you know, um, to the public, I'm, I, I have this thing that I'm going to do. It's going to be in conflict with, with the off Broadway production. And I'm, I have to go do this. And, um, I'm really sorry. And, and, and this is terrible for, for you because it's quite close to when you're starting. Nobody wants to have a piece of the puzzle pulled out, you know, when you're putting something together and, um, Oscar, you know, we talked on the phone. He goes, thank you for telling me. I'm going to talk to everybody involved and we'll get back to you. And so there was like a couple of days where I thought, well, that was it. I I, I could have been a part of it. And I just have to kind of make peace with it.
0: Did you know what it was at the time?
1: Uh, I had a feeling but of course, I didn't know what. It... I mean, it would
0: be incomprehensible, right? to right, Understand, like we're going to the moon no- <laughs> for the first time.
1: Exactly. But
0: but we do know there's a spaceship and there's a moon.
1: That's right. Yeah. That, that's all, all. those things you could see the the, the uh, you could see the uh, the um, uh, equation on the chalkboard yeah. like in a NASA movie, in that you know,
0: figures sort of exactly. Way. Yeah. You
1: could see, wow, this is quite possible. Um, so yes, I had a sense, and. Um, more than a sense, because I because we did it, and we were able to kind of inhabit these characters and move around and breathe the air that these characters would breathe. Anyway, um they w- allowed me to do the first six weeks, and so crazy, it, it is. It is. I, so I I'll crazy. never uh stop thanking them all for that.
0: They made Sophie's <sighs> choice like not Sophie's choice. Yeah,
1: it was. Right? It, it is extraordinary, and so. That that was, um,
0: but what a testament to you, Brian! And they didn't want to do it without you,
1: or they just couldn't get somebody else in the two days. You know, that, I mean, it's quite possible, right? It totally is. It totally well, I'm is. sure.
0: There's all. I maybe. appreciate you saying yeah, that, but I, there
1: are practical concerns. That's you know, true. you know. But it
0: wasn't literally two days. Like it was.
1: I think it was two days from the time that they said we have to figure out what we're going to do. It
0: was literally two it, days. It,
1: I think so. Okay. It was pretty quickly. It was pretty quickly. My my, you know. My anxiety was was relieved. Um, you know, it could have gone be, because, like I said, it was qu- quite soon before rehearsals started. Um, and again, you know, I, 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 you hate to, you hate to be the person who's going to be like, "Hey, by the way, see you later." I know, um,
0: and that's not whether who it's who Hamilton you are.
1: or or anything else.
0: My podcast,
1: My, which I I canceled six times. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? No, only five. <laughs> uh, and. <laughs> You're (laughs) counting. I didn't. I didn't. I don't
0: remember you canceling. Maybe this is like my
1: bag. Like he's the guy that always (laughs) just checks out. They just
0: said you're coming in on Tuesday, and I was like, great. Um, So they they. So did you ever have a moment's regret?
1: Not a moment's regret. I don't regret it um what i do what i i have pangs and i'll be totally selfish with you uh honestly about my selfishness which is you know the the pangs were um watching this thing and um you know i joke like the day after the day I, the, my last show uh Bill and Hillary and Chelsea Clinton all came
0: came to say goodbye <laughs>
1: they came to say that goodbye was really it was nice of them to come um
0: they're right outside this booth There's also. There's a funny
1: story about that, actually. Tell me. So so in 1998, I sang at the Kennedy Center Honors. And um, Bill Clinton was the president. And uh, part of when you're asked to do that, you get to go to the East Room and meet the president and the first lady. My wife Jennifer and I were were so excited to do that and we were in line and we were getting closer and we had these really, you know, brief but wonderful conversations with with Bill and Hillary Clinton. We had just gotten engaged and we were telling them about this. And, you know, I I distinctly remember Hillary Clinton being super cool about it. She's like, wow, where would you guys get engaged? I mean, she was just really interested and, and, you know, and of course that's their, that was their, you know, that was their charm. Everybody knew that, especially Bill, right? Yeah. Um, which was completely true in our experience. So that's a memorable experience. Cut to the last day of of the show. My wife is there because it's my last show. My daughter's there as well. And the Clintons are there. And after the show, either, I think they, the house management got them down to the green room pretty quickly. And the public green room is is a pretty small room in the basement. It's really no great shakes. It's, it's a couch and a Coke machine. And, you know, it's just, it's really quite pedestrian. Well, my wife knew how to get down there pretty quickly as well. And so everyone's getting into their street clothes, you know, out of their costumes. And my wife is there with Hillary Clinton and she's just kind of sitting there and my wife, who's who's amazing, she's, she, I said, what compelled you to talk to her? And she goes, well, she just, I wanted, didn't want her to feel like she's she was so sitting sweet. alone. And so she had a good excuse, too, because she said, you know, Secretary Clinton, we had the pleasure of meeting. And she goes on and she kind of reminds her of everything I just told you about our first encounter with the Clintons. So, now we're all out in the uh, in the green room.
0: The cast has arrived. The
1: cast is outside, and everyone's, you know, just... Excited. Really excited, and of course, everyone's very engaged with, you know, Bill's over there talking to Oak or Davi Diggs, and Chelsea's talking to Lynn and Tommy, whatever, and and I, I see uh, Hillary Clinton and I I, I say, uh, Madam Secretary, um, I, I just want to remind you, thank you for coming, but I just want to say I had the pleasure of meeting you in 1988. And she goes, oh, yes, yes. Uh, I remember your your wife and you had just gotten engaged and uh, you were in Costa Rica. And I was like, whoa, I, I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, wow, we really made an impression on her. <laughs>
0: Because she doesn't meet a lot of people. <laughs>
1: no. No, i like, wow. Wait, I, was,
0: was Jennifer standing next to you just going... No no no, 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 She no. wasn't.
1: I, she wasn't anywhere where I could see her. Because if she had heard me, I'm sure she probably. She probably, would have been like she probably was say, "I told her. I told her everything two
0: minutes ago." But of
1: course, it sank in very quickly. It's Like this is this is impossible. I, she must have some kind of weird like cheat sheet that she just has. That's like, incredible. Or anyway. like a little earpiece. Yes, exactly. 1990s. Exactly.
0: from. I believe it was sweet smell of success that's incredible (laughs)
1: anyway uh it was a a, a funny moment
0: so you got that
1: my pang so going back to my pang so that was my last show and then i think maybe the next night after i left paul mccartney came and then the next night you know x y and z and i was like wow what that what is that like what must that be like and um i had experienced a little bit of that you know at the public, for sure, because it was just starting to come out of its cocoon and people were aware of it. And there were some really interesting people that were coming. And um, so anyway, to answer your question, uh, I don't regret the decision whatsoever. I had the most extraordinary time doing Something Rotten and met amazing people and have made new friends and I'm really proud I feel like Paul McCartney's
0: assistant came to see Something Rotten.
1: <laughs> Paul McCartney's assistant? <laughs>
0: And then like there were a lot of assistants who came. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was it wasn't the same. Right. It was like God is right. amazing. <laughs> Are you kidding so, me? I... Everybody came to see that. Sh- I mean, you guys, that's what's so incredible about this story. You know, Celia Keenan Bolger was on the show and she was talking about Light in the Piazza right. happening and not getting to go forward with it and feeling like. Yeah. Oh, and, and mind you,
1: I've got a lot of those stories right. as well. But
0: then she was also nominated the same year for Spelling Bee. So, yeah. and sitting next to Kelly O'Hara at the Tonys. And right. so I, I'm just saying that, like, it's not like. You did it for the show that, you know, the poster went up at Joe's the next day because it was a bomb. Like, you were in this incredible, game-changing, hilarious, making thousands and thousands and thousands of people happy in a brilliant comedic performance that remains, you know, etched in people's minds forever. So that's the beauty of this story. It is. Uh,
1: It is beautiful. I feel I I, I got my cake and I got to eat it as well. And now I'm, like, just, like, smothered in cake because I'm back in it. And so... Um, you know, I think I think if there's any if I'm if, if without sounding too um, immodest, I mean, I think the, the in these kinds of situations, it's there's two things at play, the practicality of work. And figuring out what's going to be best for me and my family, and then also the idea of like, what is it that that I'm drawn to do? What right. is it's going? To, what is what is the kind of work that I really want to do? That's going to make my heart happy. That's going to make. it's going to challenge me as an artist. That's going to challenge me as an actor. Um, so, so those are all the things right. that go into it. Um, I, I've had and
0: working from a pure place, right? Like exactly. not the not, not going, the pure ambition place right. or the popularity contest right. but taking a risk on what's going to feed me yeah the don't most.
1: don't do it for what what you know what you see are, are, are going to be the bells and whistles right that that might come with it do it because the story is fascinating do it because it has something to say do it because it's going to be challenging challenging to you as an actor and you really want to you really want to go down that road i mean that's like i say it's it's actor it's actor talk but but I I think that's the thing that kind of I I hope I hope is uh, motivating me and kind of gui- guiding me through those situations.
0: Um, do you? Can you put into words what it is like being inside this thing now? Is there? I'll
1: try. Uh, um, you know my. My description of it starts when I saw the Broadway production for the very first time when I was going to go back and, as, as a, a new employee of Hamilton yeah. as you do you you watch the show to to see how you're going to fit into it now of course in my my experience I, I had a I had a version in my head that I did this was different um, in, a, in a couple of different ways not vastly but you know different stage obviously um, new material and I hadn't seen it since uh, uh, the last production at the Public, I saw Jonathan do it down there, and and uh, the rest of the company, who was brilliant by the way, and so my experience of watching the show was first as a spectator, and what I what I felt- I can't
0: believe you got a ticket.
1: I know, I know. It's almost impossible. <laughs> That's
0: how you get a ticket. You have to be <laughs> going be into the it. show. Yeah, yeah, All right. <laughs> Note to self. Get on it. Oh, I'll show them my Annie reel.
1: <laughs> and your spit take reel. <laughs>
0: spit <laughs> take. They need that.
1: They need more spit takes in Hamilton. It's
0: a little serious.
1: Um, founding Fathers were good at that. I mean, they were really good at spit takes. Um, so the experience I had was watching the crowd and really like looking at everybody and just n- it's, it's palpable the excitement that everybody there is, has, you know, as I said before, has, has kind of gone through the eye of the needle to get there exactly. and what a, great
0: way to like describe a year it. and a
1: half of yeah. like figuring out how they're going to do it. And now they're finally here. And the great thing about this is that that can be a double-edged sword. Uh, because you can have that excitement and then you see it, and it's like, wah, wah. All I hype? waited for all this? Yeah.
0: Not the nope. case with the
1: show. Not the case. To a person, I think. Um, oh, yeah. And so that was interesting. In fact, there was a woman who was sitting next to me, and I was, I must have been like getting into it because I was, you know, I, the music is just phenomenal. Yeah. And <laughs> and there's
0: plenty of pop for you to love.
1: Exactly, there's exactly. Everything,
0: but lots I, I'm, of amazing pop. I'm a hip hop
1: uh, ignoramus, so right. I'm I'm still figuring out, like you know, what the what the quotes are and the references are. At any rate, this woman said to me, she goes, "You really like this show, don't you?" And I said, "I said, yeah, I, actually, I really do." And she goes, "How many times have you seen it?" And I was torn because I wanted to say, "I'm gonna be the king," Hello, I'm I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I, but I didn't. I was, I had to think and I had to answer honestly. I said. I've seen it one time, and she goes, "I've seen it five times." Oh my god! I said, "Wow, that's good. You must like it too." She goes, "Oh, I love it." She goes, "I have to get back tonight because I I drove up from Baltimore and I have to get back to see my daughter, so I'm gonna have to leave a little early." But I know how it ends, and so she, I mean, that that's it. Like that that times fourteen hundred every single night, which. Look, it's such a great reminder that anytime you step on a stage, um, you got to assume that everybody there is feeling that way, and and the responsibility that we have to to do our jobs, yeah. and 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 I, I get a little tingly talking about it because I feel that way whenever I. And, I'm sure you do as well. Whenever you go to the theater, you just like when that light goes down, and it's about to start. You're like, "Ooh, something's going to happen," yeah. you know. And I, I love that. I'm I nervous love it.
0: for everyone. I'm excited yeah. for everyone. You want it
1: to be great. I'm you're... relieved.
0: I'm watching. <laughs> yes, I don't have to be doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of things going on, and so, you know, with this with this show, I, I, I it's um the expectation is the is the difference.
0: The thing that that people know at this point is that the 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 kind of um expectation uh that the audience has of and for King George is enormous and what you deliver is enormous and I'm going to ask you at the end to just sing like a moment just because in lieu of paying me I'm just going to ask you to sing to be on my <laughs> podcast but but there's also the kind of you know the story involved in it is that your stage time is like nine minutes. Yeah, or something. I think something like that. Yeah. Um, so what an extraordinary thing, right, to be able to live or to to do that kind of thing. What do you do backstage the rest of the time? Oh, this
1: is a great question. I'm not good at multitasking. I'm not. I'm not. I can't sit there and read a book and just know that you're you
0: not know, a knitter. I'm
1: not a knitter, uh, as everyone knows. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> That's on your resume, yeah, not Special a knitter. Skills,
0: <laughs> Not a knitter, my friend. Mm-mm. And
1: I'm starting my own business, actually. K N O T, not a knitter. So Dude, I mean, I, that's funny. is that a high five? Yes, I got a high five for that's that. That's a good one. Um, not
0: a spit take, but a high five. <laughs>
1: um, so, so I usually try to uh, do emails, respond to emails that you know. are well, a
0: little. I I feel like it took you a while to get the pick and bio over, but yeah, whatever. It did. Yeah. It
1: did. I'm I'm slow. I'm very slow. <laughs> you
0: need the two I should and a half just hours. have I should
1: just have something like an automatic start of every email. I'm sorry it took so long to get back to you. I think that's like something that just should start my emails.
0: And then it's and then on the bottom it's <laughs> www.knotaknitter.com. That's right. It's Brian, exploding. Yes. It's
1: exploding. Um
0: so you write emails, you correspond with people. Uh, I imagine I, there's a uh, lot of fan mail to answer. Not really. I can't imagine that. There's so, some. There's yeah. some. Um,
1: uh, You're not
0: writing a script?
1: Um, I'm I'm always in the process of r- working on something. There's a couple of things I'm working on right now. So I want to give
0: you a deadline because I feel for oh, me it's really you. important whenever I'm writing something, if someone says, you know what, Alana, I need three pages, right. three chapters, three pages, three scenes by like a certain day. So I... When it's said out loud and this is on air right. and thousands and thousands of right. people listen to this. Right. Um I have a request. What's that the deadline? I feel like Just get
1: to it. Come on, just rip okay. the band-aid off. I please. want
0: in two weeks. Two weeks. I want I want to see a scene.
1: A scene. Okay.
0: Just know, like, it's not just America listening to this show. <laughs> this is like this is radio waves. Yeah. This is international. Like if you saw the the demographics and the geography, we're talking Singapore, we're talking Bahrain, we're okay. talking Hoboken.
1: You may be single-handedly responsible for actually making my writing career um, please, given your a your wife foot-hole. has been calling. She's like,
0: please. He sits there. I don't know. It's like, what is he doing? He sits doing? there
1: not responding to emails. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um do you have, like, a horrible audition story?
1: Oh, oh God. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like audition. I, I have a lot of audition stories. Do you stories. have
0: one? Like, what's the first one that comes to your mind that maybe it's funny now?
1: Well, th- there's a lot of them. I mean, I I... I I've told, I've told a few, so I wanted to kind of reach into my bag and find some, some stories that I hadn't Do you told. want a
0: minute to get your bag?
1: Um, it's <laughs> right over here. <laughs> okay. It's a tiny small bag filled with um, knitty, knitting needles <laughs> and, and horror yarn. Stories. And horror yeah. stories. Horror stories. One story is that um, uh, Spike Lee was directing a play, not, not so long ago, maybe five years ago. Um, I can't remember if it actually came to be, um, do you remember this? He was going to direct it. It was a war play set in the forties, and I, was, uh, I wasn't
0: seen. Before. <laughs> That's my horrible audition story. I didn't even know it was happening. If you, if
1: you had been seen, perhaps this would have happened. That's to you. right. Um, I had I had read this about Spike Lee, and I knew this about him. He has a um uh, a th- um, on set he has a no phones rule, and if you if your phone goes off. You have to put um money in a in a can and and uh in a can. I don't know if it's a can It's
0: like a, it's like an old Folgers coffee can. I'm sure that's, that's what, what, I'm what it is. Yeah. do people know
1: what cans are anymore? Have we <laughs> gone so what? far into the future? You
0: know what? I, I don't doubt know.
1: It. I doubt it. Uh anyway.
0: Into a receptacle <laughs> Thank of some you. kind. That's
1: right. That leaves it open. Yes. Um anyway, I knew this about him and uh I'm auditioning for my, for my for this role in a play about the war, World War II in the 40s and my phone goes off in my pocket. And at first you, you think, you, am I going to be one of those people that just tries to pretend it's not me? You know, just like so you let it ring, just like some idiot's not picking up their phone. It becomes impossible not to acknowledge the fact that my phone is ringing. So I say, I'm so sorry. Um, let me turn off the phone. And Spike Lee says... Um, you know I have a um I have a a thing that I do on my set. Do you know what happens on my set? You know if that if that happens and I said, "Actually, Mr. Lee, I I do. I do know I know your policy about this." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, you got to you got to pony up." And I said, "I I feel so terrible. I am willing to give you everything that's in my wallet right now, and I want to give that to you right now." And I open my wallet and I said, "I can give you $2." <laughs> two dollars in my wallet and he said no thank you um and then i finished the scene and i didn't get it (laughs) but that was that's the the gist of it When
0: it happened when the phone rings are you like what's wrong with me
1: yeah i think that quite often in, in auditions and something weird with me about those moments is that This may be the secret of my success, or it may be my my downfall.
0: You know, it's just a series of humiliations. This is what I want to say before we say goodbye. I feel like if you want something magical to happen to a project of yours, you put Brian in it. Anyway, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. You'll know day, what right? I'm doing
1: when I'm not on stage. You'll, not answering your emails.
0: But there better be pages. <laughs> that's right. True. three weeks, was it? I think I said two.
1: Two but
0: I think that's <laughs> adorable that you thought it was three. Interesting how All I read right, that. One one line of King George. Will you sing like one will you sing us out with um your favorite moment?
1: Oh uh. I'll do it in falsetto. Great. Just because uh, it's Well, because of the time of day. Yes. <clears throat>
0: You say our love is draining and you can't go
1: on. That's, that's, uh, that's, I, I love that. I love that part.
0: Is that <laughs> so satisfying? That's is fun. it as satisfying to do as it was for me to <laughs> I will never be satisfied. I will
1: never, I can't go to bed. I mean, my head is just like spinning with every song in the show. I mean, it's a great way to go to sleep, but then you wake up thinking, you know,
0: ba 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 ba
1: you know, just every everything in the show is like it's just it just non-stop. infects you. It's non-stop. See, you got it too.
0: Skyless sisters. <laughs> Hamilton okay. disease. I mean, all right, we gotta go. <laughs> we do. I have to let you go do a matinee. I gotta go do a there show. There are people who have been waiting for you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Alana.
0: Find out more at promedia.nyc. Thanks again to our sponsor, Dear Evan Hansen. With its moving score and unforgettable characters, this show is intensely personal, universal, deeply moving, and has touched audiences in ways few Broadway musicals ever have. The winner of six Tony Awards, including Best Musical of the Year, will not only make you stand up and cheer, but will stay with you long after you leave the theater.